of the world famous East Coast bias right here on the Ringer Gambling Show. And of course, on FanDuel TV, we have Joe House. We have Raheem Palmer, who had some of the worst travel that you're ever going to have in trying to get to Seattle. And I am bummed that we are not in the same state. I am bummed that we did not get to spend the home run derby together as I am here in the Pacific Northwest. Raheem, lo siento, my brother. I miss you. It's, I know House misses you. I miss you, you guys miss too. You. But I mean, what a performance last night from the guys in a home run derby. I mean, you had Julio Rodriguez going off. You had your guy, and you called it, Vladimir Guerrero actually winning a home run contest. And how about the fact that that 32 to 1 on a Rosarina beating Julio, it almost came close. Very, very close. And, and House, being at the home run derby, it was so fantastic to see these guys just tear the you know what and just destroy the baseball to the high heavens. Uh, I, I like the idea of trying to find one favorite. I like to take one underdog. And the matchups now with the way they've set up the home run derby, they really have made it fun and accessible to wager on. So like when Raheem and I were going through it on Sunday night, I I'm thinking about potential matchups and I'm like, all right, I know Pete Alonso's the home run derby king, but he had an injury. He just came back from that injury and he was laying juice against the hometown boy who had all the fan support, who had everybody in Seattle going nuts. And I got him at plus money. I was like, dude, sign me up right now for J-Rod at plus money. Let's go. JJ, you know what else he had? He had a hot bat. All I know is that very <laughs> first round, that ball was jumping off the bat, JJ. I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions here, but I'm just saying 41 in the first round. He showed out for the hometown fans. How was the, how's the weather? How was the weather last night? I mean, the uh, uh, Monday night for the, for the Derby, because it, it, it seemed like the guys were only getting like a little bit fatigued. Was it, was the weather cooperative? So I think it's going to seem super cool compared to what we were dealing with in the Northeast, where if you're in New York, it is insanely humid. It, it felt like we were getting thunderstorms every other day. It was just disgusting leaving the New York area. I would say this about Seattle. Cool in the morning, warms up, maybe gets into the high 70s during the day, like being out on the field during batting practice. Now, and then maybe this is how there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out on that, you know, home plate area. So you're kind of packed out. It was warm and hot on the field. And it felt like it got cooler as the night went on. And remember, home run derby starting at five o'clock Pacific time. So you're not getting it where it's like eight, nine o'clock where there's really that cool, crisp Seattle air. But I think it did allow for the ball to go and travel. And listen, it was quality home run derby conditions. There's no doubt about that. But once again, House, you know, J-Rod has the great round, right? Like, that's what people are going to remember about this home run derby. 41, record setting, doing it in his home field and whatnot. But he runs out of gas. Like, we've seen this with the home run derby, and I think it's a good, like, angle, maybe betting this live. The guy who goes and has this monster first round, in many cases, doesn't win. Like, I go back to Josh Hamilton House. Old Yankee Stadium, last year, the Old Yankee Stadium. That's one of the most iconic home run derby performances ever. And nobody remembers that Justin Morneau won that home run derby. It's literally the reason I asked about the weather, because I do think, let's try and remember for home run derby 2024, 
the, you know, the, the live conditions on the field matter. And as it, the thing went on, it's a marathon. You have to, it's not a sprint. Right. And, and so you need the guys that are already have home runs in their DNA and you need the guys that I, I like the fact that Vladdy daddy jr. You know, he got a little girth to him. He has a little bit of backbone is the way I'll put it. And, and he's, he's down for it. He, I mean, he, you know, he could have gone another, you know, half hour. It seemed like if if he needed to, um, but for sure, the 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 the, the proper winner won. The guy who's hit the best of the evening won the thing, and then satisfied outcome all all the way around. JJ, no doubt. And, and you know, Raheem, having Vlad Jr. We talked about this on Sunday. As the Derby is progressing, I I, I worried about his weight, dude. You know, he's a bigger dude. How's this saying? Oh, he's got that girth. He could just just keep cranking because he's so super strong. But when they had the live odds come out for the final. I was like, and I'm in the state of Washington, so obviously I can't bet it live like I could, let's say, in the state of New York or the state of Arizona, whatever the case may be. But I I had some friends look into it for me in the state of New York because I was a little curious. And Rose Dorena was favored, actually, going into the final, I guess because Vlad was going first and he had just finished up against J-Rod. And Rose Dorena had like that. Once he got like a few of those ground balls out of the way, he was cranking, dude. It felt like he was working quick. It felt like he was in a nice rhythm. And the only reason I think he didn't end up winning is he he didn't get that second bonus for him. If he would have gotten that second bonus, I I think we would have been talking about my future of Vlad Jr. going right down the toilet, dude. Yeah, and I think the one interesting thing about the final round was that it was the first round in which a Rose arena didn't go first. Typically for his first two rounds, he went first and he was able to put the pressure on the other batter. This time he went second. So I think maybe that might've had something to do with his performance as well. So it's so many different factors. And then I think one of the factors you can look at is that some of these pitchers were awful. Like you yes, <laughs> like they just were throwing, they were throwing like balls that damn near hit the batter. So how can you hit that out of the ballpark if your pitcher just isn't putting the ball where it needs to be? That's such a great point. And House Alonzo didn't have the pitcher he's had each of the last three years, where he's been this home run derby machine. Now for Pete, listen, it didn't matter what he did because after Rodriguez hits forty one home runs, it's like all right. Go home. There's nothing you could do. I mean, literally, there's nothing you could do. But that is such a good point from Raheem. The idea of, like, getting that perfect pitch in that perfect spot so you can kind of get in the slot and crank. And, dude, let's be honest. That's a tough way to handicap that bad boy. Well, that we need that forensic uh, investigation next year. We need, in the in the research leading up to the Derby, I, I love the Derby, and, and I'm reminded of it. It comes and goes so quickly. But it's a tremendous betting opportunity. There was all kinds of plus odds value. You cashed a couple of those those tickets. It seems like with just a little bit of research, some combination of you know the the the, the comfort between the pitching coach and the guy. Now I saw a bunch of like smart folks trying to do this stuff about exit velocity. They tried to jump into the into the numbers game. I don't want that. I don't want you know who, who's getting the ball moving the fastest. All these people are like Mookie Betts at eighteen to one is a good bet. Mookie Betts was a bad bet at, at 180 to one. Mookie Betts wasn't winning the goddamn uh, uh, home run derby, but this is all very instructive. Let's make sure here on East Coast Bias, we're taking some mental notes so we transcribe them 
for next year, 2024, because there's a lot of great opportunities out there, Dream. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, Mookie Betts was in the home run derby. I said this on Twitter, but he was basically Allen Iverson in the three-point contest. I mean, Allen Iverson was in the three-point contest back in 2000, and he was airballing threes. Like, so that's how I felt watching Mookie Betts last night. He told us before the contest, he interviewed with the media. They said, what are your chances? And he said, really, really low. So (laughs) it was obvious that he wasn't going to make any noise. But we got to give some credit to Rutschman. I mean, that guy was absolutely incredible. I I mean, he switched. I mean, he batted from both stances, and he still lost. He had 27 home runs and still lost to Luis Robert. (laughs) Yeah, I was rooting hard for Adley Rushman because when I see him, he calls the timeout, guys, and he goes and hits right-handed. I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? You're cranking right now, lefty. Why would you mess with that? And then he goes boom, 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 hitting him to left field as opposed to hitting him to right field. That is a guy. I'm making a mental note of house. He won't be 22 to one or whatever his total was this year, because he is someone that showed, Hey, I'm one of the bright young stars in baseball. He's going to be back at the all-star game. If health allows it, I think for years to come, he's a stud for the Baltimore Orioles. He also looks like he's 15, like walking by him. I saw him last night. I was like, Oh my goodness. This kid looks like he should be in high school for goodness sakes, but he's cranking the ball out. And I want to applaud Mookie Betts because, listen, House, that was a terrible bet. There was no way in the world that Mookie Betts was going to go and have success in the Derby. But we see so many stars in baseball say, oh, I don't want to be a part of festivities. I don't want to do this. I don't want to. I give him an A for effort. Like, he was not good. He probably will never do the home run Derby ever again. But he gave it a shot. You know what I mean, dude? Like, there's something to be said for a guy of his stature and of his star power saying, I'm going to put myself out there and have a little bit of fun because it's good for the game of baseball. It's a hundred percent right. And it's what we we're begging for every year with the slam dunk contest in the NBA. We're begging for somebody of some stature to come out and show out. I don't think we're ever going to get it uh, unless they, they, they make it, you know, a, a $15 million winner take all prize in the NBA, but great job by Mookie. I totally there with you, JJ. We got a lot to discuss here on this edition of East coast bias and We are going to hit the second half of the Major League Baseball season on Friday. And that means opportunity, perhaps. Futures market. Looking at the American League. Looking at the National League. It's not going to be as simple as the Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays finding their way to the World Series. You know that's the case. Baseball doesn't work that way. So we got to find some value any which way we can. That's coming up next. It's the Ringer Gambling Show. Presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So Friday, the second half of the Major League Baseball season will kick off. So Atlanta has clearly been the most impressive team. I mean, they basically have 10 zillion guys at the All-Star game. They won the World Series two years ago. They're better than ever. They're plus 360 to go and win their second title in three years. Tampa, who got off to the red-hot start, they've cooled off a bit. They're at plus 450. The Dodgers are at plus 480. Then, guys, there is a monster drop-off on FanDuel Sportsbook as far as World Series 2023. You got Texas and the Houston Astros at 10 to 1. You have the disappointing Aaron Judge-less New York Yankees at 15 to 1. Then it gets crazier. Toronto at 24 to 1. Minnesota at 24 to 1. Philly, 27 to 1. Baltimore, 28. Arizona, 28. The Padres at 40 to 1. The Reds at 50 to 1. And the New York Mets, who were at 8 to 1 or 10 to 1 at the beginning of the year, they are 60 to 1 as we sit here going into the all-star break. Raheem, there is a lot there, my friend. What stands out outside of the big three? Atlanta, Tampa, LA, clearly the teams that Vegas expects maybe to go and win the World Series, but it is baseball. We know that. Postseason, wacky and weird things happen. Look at the Philadelphia Phillies from a year ago. Who from the 10 to 1 line and greater than kind of sticks out to you. I got to go with Houston at 10 to 1. This team has the pedigree. They haven't been healthy the entire season. You look Altuve, he ha- he started the season on an injured list. You look at Jordan Alvarez, he's been out. And yet they're still in the wild card and they have a plus 49 differential. So, they're only two games behind the Texas Rangers who have been red hot all season long. So if there's anybody I'm going with, it's the Houston Astros. They just have the pedigree. They've been there before. They know what to do. They know how to put it together. So that's who I'm rolling with. Obviously, what the Philadelphia Phillies have done since June the 1st has caught my attention and caught my eye. I don't want to bet them to win the East. But I do want to potentially bet them to win the National League. Those odds right now are 12 to 1, I believe. And I'm kind of interested in your guys' take. That they're they you know, they they've gotten healthy all at once. The the pitching group has come together. Um, there's still room to grow, I think, pitching-wise. They had the, you know, uh, ERA just over three since June the first. Uh their, their record is is, you know, excellent since June the first. And it's the version, I think, of the team that we saw make it to the World Series last year. Is 12 to 1 still value, you guys? I think it is. Absolutely. And what you hit on with Philadelphia is super important house. They have a rotation that plays in postseason play. I mean, we saw it last year 
with their big guys. It doesn't necessarily have the girth and the length of some other top rotations in baseball, but the top two guys, I have a lot of confidence in. That means Aaron Noah, and that means, of course, Zach Wheeler, who goes deep into games and pitches at a high level. Here's what I like about Philadelphia at that number. They're a very aggressive team, and we've seen that from their general manager, Dave Dombrowski, in a lot of different uh, stops with the Florida Marlins, with the Detroit Tigers, with Podfathers Boston Red Sox in 2018. He's not afraid to go for it. He's not afraid to go and make a big move and a big splash. So, Raheem, if that opportunity is there for the Philadelphia Phillies, I think they're going to be a very aggressive team at the trade deadline. And house, I'm kind of at the point where I say, you know what? The NL, the odds are great. I'll take them to win the whole thing. I, I really do. I think their odds to win the whole thing are still at a good enough number where I'm willing to invest, Raheem. I'm on board with the Phillies for sure. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on board with the Phillies as well. I think I said this last week or the week before. I just think this team is really getting hot. We've talked about them on the local angle, and they're getting hot with Bryce Harper, he still hasn't even found his power yet. When Bryce Harper finds his power, it's going to be scary. And Kimbrell, who's actually, he's been, he's basically been a journeyman the last couple of years. He seems like he's found it. So I really like what this, how this Phillies team is playing right now. You got Aaron Nola, you got Zach Willer. I'm not the biggest Aaron Nola guy, but the fact that he's there in our rotation, I think it's key. You find that third guy, and I think the, the Phillies are a problem. And then I love our bullpen. You got San Anthony D Dominguez. You got Jose Alvarado. You got Greg Soto. I just think that this Philadelphia Phillies team, they're primed to make another run just like they did last year. So, guys, looking at the American League odds, I'm with Raheem on Houston. I still think it's a good number at 10 to 1. They are going to get healthier with Alvarez and with Altuve. And listen, Framber Valdez is making you forget about Justin Verlander very quickly. He's unbelievable. Um, I want to find value, though. To me, the value is with the Baltimore Orioles. Because I look and I say, okay, I'm not a believer, let's say, in Texas. I think they're going to tell. I like them. Bochy's great. But, like, I I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop a little bit with the Rangers. Playoff team, yes. I'm not willing to say they're a championship team. If the Orioles can go and add a big starter or two, they have a terrific back end of the bullpen. They send the guys to the All-Star game. Their lineup is young and dynamic, which is what I love. They got Adley Rutschman. They got Austin Hayes. They got Cedric Mullins. Santander. They got a lot of dudes that can swing the bat. And it's kind of that, like, young and done team house. So I'll say wide open American League. I I'm out on the Yankees. No interest. I thought about it, and the more and more I think about it, they can't score. So they hired a hitting coach uh, out of the broadcasting booth, which, by the way, I like because he maybe knows a thing or two about some old-school hitting approaches, which could be uh, rather refreshing in Yankee land instead of the charts and graphs and all the numbers and all the nonsense they're trying to throw the hitters' way. Uh, I know you're not going to like this house because this is a team that used to be near and dear to your heart, but I see the Baltimore Orioles at 12-1, to 1, and I see the Baltimore Orioles to win the World Series. Crazy number. 28 to one. I'm on board. Well, they're basically the American league Phillies um, in terms of the odds right now, because we just said that we like the Phillies at 12 to one to win the national league pennant and at 27 to one to win the world series. I think the Phillies are in a different class in Baltimore. So I don't like the return on the, the Orioles. And the, the, the big question I have with the Orioles is it, I agree with the idea of them being buyers at the trade deadline, but who, who out there 
has the big arms. Where are the big arms going to come from? It doesn't. It feels like everybody's kind of landed where they're going to land. Um, I, I just don't know how the baseball free agency market, what's going to show up and show out in terms of teams. That dis- are the Mets going to, you know, start cutting, cutting guys loose? You know, these giant contract dudes, like where are the arms going to come from, Dream? Yeah, I, I think that that's a concern as well. And I don't know if I'm totally in on the Orioles yet. Like I've seen their offense kind of take a step back in, in recent weeks. I know they won a couple games against the Yankees, but I'm still not buying them. So I'm I'm a little scared of that one. I want to talk about the Yankees, though, because FanDuel currently has them at minus 140 to make the playoffs and plus 110 to miss the playoffs. I think I gave this out a, a couple of weeks ago in East Coast Bias, plus 180 or so to miss the, the postseason. What's the status with Judge? Well, that's the million-dollar question. Nobody knows. Now, the expectation is that Aaron Judge is going to come back. That's what everybody says. He's going to come back now. How effective is he going to be? Can he actually go and play the outfield? I kind of think you're going to see Aaron Judge at 70 or 80%, but I'll still take Aaron Judge at 70, 80% over most guys that you're going to run out there. Yankees, another team, though, they'll be aggressive. They are not going to sit on their hands. They're going to try and make a move or two to add to that lineup to at least complement things. Think Cody Bellinger, think Randall Gritchick. But going back to the Orioles, I'll give you two arms to watch. Shane Bieber with Cleveland, Marcus Stroman with the Cubs. Now, I like Bieber a lot more. But if Cleveland, and they've done this before, they kind of look at their situation, they're like, eh, we're not, we're not, it's not it. You know, we need to retool. We need to rebuild. Let's try and restock and replenish and get a ton in return from a loaded Baltimore Orioles system. That's exactly the sort of picture. Like, if you put Shane Bieber on the Orioles and then everything else can kind of fall into place, it's like, wow. We got ourselves a number one, and we could kind of take it from there. One I want to throw at you guys, Raheem, they're probably the biggest disappointment in baseball, and it's not the Mets. They're playing a little better. The San Diego Padres, 40 to 1. I think they get in the playoffs. They got all that star power, dude. They got Soto. They got Machado. They got Xander Bogarts. They got Tatis. Everything has gone wrong for them, but they're a little healthier. They got the brand names I'm looking for. Can I entice you at all to get on board with a San Diego Padres second half renaissance, my man? This this is frustrating for me. This, this is probably the most frustrating team in the league for me because for whatever reason, they can't hit with runners in scoring position. They have all the guys that you, you would possibly think that could you know, make for a top-tier offense. And they still can't hit with runners in scorer position. And the pitching isn't there yet. So if you want to take a flyer, I, I'm not crazy about it, but I mean, I, I don't like it. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I just can't back this team. <laughs> it's the pitching is the problem. I mean, I, you know, I, I expect fully that at some point, one or two of, of, of the guys in the lineup will, will come through. But they they have to you know um, I'm not sure what get do the old Tabasco in the butt trick to get the pitching staff livened up that that that's been the 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 true letdown from my perspective of, of the Padres and all their lofty expectations and everybody thought that team was loaded going into the year myself included I, I think I gave them out boys as my preseason World Series pick by the way thinking back on that one house I had the Padres over the Mariners. 
in a World Series. I'd like a mulligan. Wow. Like it's the first tee at Silver Lake. Please, can I have a breakfast ball on that one? Here's the thing. If you if I would have told you at the start of the year that a team with Fernando Tatis, Juan Soto, Manny Machado would be 17th in run score, like you would have called me crazy. Like, like that's insane. So it's just like, how can I back this team knowing that? And then they still don't have the pitching. Like they traded for Josh Hader last year. And like, to me, he's not even like the guy that they, they traded for. They didn't use him in the NLCS when they could have closed out that game against the Phillies. I'm watching so many games with them this year. And it's just like, where's Josh Hader? So uh, I can't back this team. You're out on the Padres. I, I Listen, it's my preseason wager maybe talking. It's maybe being tantalized by, like, watching that team in person. I saw them when it came to Yankee Stadium. It's like, how are they not the best team outside of the Braves in the National League? With all of the dudes that they are running in that lineup, Soto's a star. Machado's a star. Xander Bogarts is a tremendous player. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. It just absolutely doesn't make sense. But they're a little top-heavy. They haven't hit with runners on base. And to House's point, their pitching has not been what we thought maybe it was going to be outside of Blake Snell. All right, when we come back, Summer League in Las Vegas has some takeaways. Our guy House has some takeaways for us. In addition to that, we are getting close to the British Open, which means we have a nice little warm-up across the pond for a lot of the guys. And uh, I I think Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, and Jordan Spieth uh, need a glass of water and an aspirin after their time at uh, Wimbledon. Let's just put it that way. All right, we're coming back with more right after this. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, boys, Summer League in Las Vegas. Wemby, Wemby, Wemby seems to be the big takeaway house. You know, you got people going nuts in a positive. You got people going nuts in a negative. Now, full disclosure, because I've been out in Seattle the last few days, I'm not going to pretend that I have been dialed in to all of the content and all of the action that has been going on in Las Vegas, full disclosure. But, you know, I monitor social media. I monitor the Twitter. I monitor threads now. I'm on that. I don't even know how I'm going to keep track with all these social media platforms, but that's a story for a different day. House, since you are back home, what has been your grand takeaway and what you've seen from some of these first-year guys and maybe even some of these second-year guys out in Vegas? Yeah, so you have to remember... The number one rule with Summer League is to forget what you see at Summer League because it really never, ever, ever really tells you anything meaningful about the ultimate fortunes of different guys or or how teams are going to perform or any of it. But it does give you, at first glimpse, 
a way to start to kind of contextualize some of these rookies who were arriving. And it also does give you an opportunity to see how some second year players are thinking about changing their games, you know, different improvements that second year players um, may be making going into this upcoming NBA season. So most importantly with Wemby, don't think that because we watched him have a bad game in the, his first game and then he sort of bounced back in his second game that we learned anything about him. He's playing with a bunch of dudes that he is that are not going to be on the basketball floor with him down in San Antonio when things really get rocking. And, uh, you know, it, it was great to see him. It was great to see him out on a basketball court, but we really didn't learn anything. I like the way that he moves. I went back. Leading up to to Wemby's arrival, and then over the course of the weekend, I was doing some research in 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 the, in the deep back machine and looking at Yao Ming's arrival because that's a guy similar size, although showed up with a lot more weight on him, but similar reputation in terms of a guy with a a deft shooting touch and a, and also a, a a willing and able passer. And if you go back and look, it wasn't like he arrived, you know. Now, part of, of, of what's going on here is this media-created furor, ESPN catching eyes in the middle of the summer. And I don't begrudge him it, but it, it's important to just tap the brakes and be careful. When you go back and look at Yao Ming's arrival, his first games and so forth, just be patient. Let's all just be patient for a little bit. Wemby is, is a kid. Like, you know, that's the most uh, important takeaway with Wemby. He's got a lot of growing still to do. He's got to, like, fill out. He's got to go eat. He's got to come on House of Carbs and do some eating with the East Coast Bias I was going to say, I mean, me, we'll you, and Wemby, let's go. I need to put on the pounds <laughs> as well. So if Wemby's looking to do so, House, fatten us up. Let's go. Don't worry about that part. But Dream, I know that you got to, to watch a little bit uh, over the course of, of the weekend. The guys that, that caught my attention, I love what I'm seeing out of Chet Holmgren. Welcome to the NBA, Chet Holmgren. I love what I'm seeing out of second-year players, Jabari Smith, Benedict Matherin. I love what I'm seeing in general out of Houston. I love what I'm seeing in general out of the Pacers. Just kind of a, you know, a, a, a renewed spirit. Dream, what, what are your takeaways so far? Um, one of my biggest takeaways is that Wimbiana, to me right now, like you said, he has to put on some weight. I think he's a project. I think he's like really, really weak right now. So I don't expect him to come in and, and absolutely dominate. I think the minus 140 on him for rookie of the year, that's way too overpriced. I think that's my biggest takeaway. Obviously, you mentioned Jabari Smith, another one from Houston. I like Tari Eason. I think he's been incredible. Um, you you look at a guy like um, Peyton Watson. I think the Denver Nuggets have found a ton of young guys who they can stick into the rotation and, you know, make an impact because obviously you lose Bruce Brown and obviously you got that second April in a new CBA. You got to find younger guys. I think they found one in Peyton Watson. You know, boys, if Holmgren can be 75 to 80% of what people were talking him up to be, with the core of that Oklahoma City team, I know we're not at the over-under stage yet for the NBA, but House, that's one I'm going to have immediately circled. OKC is an over and OKC to make the playoffs. I, you, you add a player like that, if he can complement what they already have cooking with SGA and with Josh Giddy, away we go, dude. I like that for OKC. And you got Jalen Williams. You got, I mean, you got Jalen Williams. I mean, like, they have some studs over there. Like, 
right after the NBA Finals, we talked about it on this show. What futures are we giving out? I gave out Oklahoma City Thunder 130 to 1. We're down to 101. And I'm going to be honest with you, I think Shai Gildas Alexander next year is the MVP candidate. So I would add that to the mix with the Oklahoma City Thunder overs as well. Yeah, Dream, you're not going out on a limb with SGA because he was an MVP candidate this most recent season. We all... We all love OKC. The crazy thing will be, we'll see what Vegas does to us in terms of the, whether it gives us a, a win total number that has any value in it. But we're very bullish on Oklahoma City. And I'm doing exactly, JJ, what you kind of recommend, which is I have my notes about the teams who I have my eye on that I want to jump over on win totals. I also have some teams that I am absolutely dying to bet unders on. The Charlotte Hornets. Hey. I'm not here. I'm not calling anybody a bust after after a week's worth of summer league, but it it wasn't great. It wasn't a great Brandon Miller week. It was it wasn't anything that caught anybody. It wasn't in the category uh, of Scoot. Scoot in 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 the short time that he played showed himself to be absolutely NBA ready. His counterpart in Charlotte, I, I well, remains to be seen. I'll be generous about it. I also am dying to bet uh, Toronto unders. Now, Toronto, we'll see where they end up in the, in, in the trade markets because, you know, we, we trust Masai. Well, I don't know whether or not we trust Masai, but he has been creative in, in, in the past. I don't know what, what they're doing or where they're going in Toronto, um, but that's one where I, I, I have – they're in my notes is the way I'll say it right now on the under category, gentlemen. All right, boys. Raheem, talk me through. We got a big interview coming up in Fightland. Who we got coming up? We got undefeated top contender Frank the Ghost Martin. I'm interviewing him before his big fight on Saturday night, so check it out. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Ringer Gambling Show. It's yours truly, Raheem Palmer, a.k.a. the Rastradamus. And as always, y'all know how it's going down. We got a special guest here on East Coast Vias. We got Frank Martin. This guy is 17-0 with 12 knockouts. You guys might not have heard of him, but you need to hear of him because he's the next big guy in the lightweight division. What's good, Frank? Well, what's up with you? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. So we're, you're taking on... Artem Harvatunian in a lightweight eliminator bout on July 15th at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. Tell us what's going to happen in that fight. Man, I'm looking for a stoppage. You know, I'm going out. I'm trying to, you know, the fans love stoppages, man. So I'm trying to go out there, put on a, 
a dominant performance, man, and, you know, let him run into one of them. You know, he can get thunder or the lightning. You know, which one, whichever one you run into, they both hitting. I so, feel man, that. I'm I... trying to get a stoppage for sure. I definitely feel that. that. That's what the fans want to hear. Now, you're Ring Magazine's six-ranked lightweight. It's a lot of guys in this division. I mean, you know about the t- the Tanks, the the Ryan Garcias, the Shakur Stevensons. You said before your last fight that you felt like you, you were overlooked, and you went out there against Michael Rivera, and you absolutely dominated him. Do you still feel like you're overlooked? No, nah, I mean, I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm overlooked in a... Not in the boxing community, not not so much in the boxing community, but outside. You know what I mean? The people who don't really so say the the your casual or, or just say people who don't really watch boxing, you know, they gonna be like, who is that guy? You know, but if you know boxing, the real people they know, like that boy, that boy a problem. So um it's just one of those things right there. But everybody gonna know real soon. I, I can see that. I think one of the interesting things that I, I read about you is that you you started late. Like you started you your first pro fight was in 2017. You went pro at the age of 22. Like, do you feel like that has a big part of you being overlooked? And you know, why did you start the sport so late? That's that's so interesting to me. Man, so I feel like they got a lot to do while I'm overlooked. Just coming out of the blue, you know, coming out of the blue, not being in the amateurs too long to really make a name. As as an amateur, you know, but accomplished, you know, a, a few things in that short amount of time, and then turning pro in that short in a, in a super short amount of time of being an amateur. Now it's kind of like, okay, I'm here. Like it ain't, you know, every fight just getting closer to a title. But man, um, what was the question? Yeah. So why did you start so late? Like it's it's so oh, interesting. A, a lot of guys. When I look at a lot of guys, like they. Like Andre Ward talked about it on his documentary. He was like, I had to give up my childhood. <laughs> so, like, I mean, what what makes your story so just unique? Because that's just interesting to me. I played football and I wrestled, you know, so I had got, I, I, I probably really got into sports around like sixth grade year. And I started with wrestling. It was wrestling and football and stuff. And uh, those was the only sports I was playing. I had always been a fighter, like just like a, just a little street fighter, you know, fighting and stuff. And, uh, maybe I was in like the sixth grade. I tried to fight my mom. She wasn't. She wasn't going for it. Like, <laughs> oh man, you trying to fight mom dukes? How you trying to huh? fight mom dukes? How you trying no, to fight no, mom? No, 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 no. Try to try to sign me up. Trying to get her to oh, sign me up. Oh god, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Know, you. To get into boxing, but she ain't let me. So I just wrestled and played football, man. And then around like senior year, I got in some trouble. Lost, you know, some of my football and wrestling scholarships. So I was just like lost, like. You know, around by the time like 18, 17, you trying to figure out who you is. And I, that's the stage I was going through. So I got in some little trouble, man. And I just like having those that, that self-conversation, like, man, what I'm going to do? I'm just like, no, nah, I'm just I'm a box. And I just I just shit, put put it all in. You know, now I'm here. I, I can see that. So you were five. Eight, what do you what did you play? Running back? Yeah, I, I knew it. It's, it's like there's no yeah. way that you were play, you were either running back or quarterback. Like, it's just yeah, no other back. way around it. <laughs> Running back for sure. So, you picked up boxing late, and you're signed to Earl Spence. And that really surprised me, because uh, we just interviewed Earl Spence. I didn't know he had a promotional company. Talk about your relationship with him, and how did you connect with him and whatnot? Yeah, that's my dog, man. We got a good relationship. You know, it's kind of like, I can go to him, talk to him about whatever. Um, like, it ain't, this is like, you know, that's my, that's my dog. So, it's cool to have 
had that like relationship with him or whatever. How it came about, I'm left-handed, you know, I'm so far. I had a cousin, got a cousin who played for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Jalen Smith. We had a conversation, man, and he was just asking me, like, uh, if it was a team you could be with, who, who would you be with? And I'm like, uh, Derrick James and Earl. So, man, we ended up having a sit-down with uh, with Derrick. He ended up uh, – I told him basically my story, what I wanted to do and all that, man. And then he like, all right, I'm going to give you a shot. I'm going to give you a chance or whatever. I'm going to train you. So it just kind of went from there. But I had met his brother first. So I, I was training with Maurice first. And then, you know, I, my first fight, I started training with Derrick. So that's kind of how that came about. I love that you mentioned the Southpaw because I wanted to ask you, were there any other Southpaws other than Arrow that you looked up to? Uh, yeah. You know, I used to watch Pernell Whitaker. Um, uh, man, Pernell, uh, who else? Who else? Uh, ah, was Prince Nassim. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of Southpaws that I watched, but for real, man, I don't even have to watch a, a straight-up Southpaw. You know, I be watching right-handers, mm-hmm. and, you know, may they may do something that I like, you know, and I just might do it in the Southpaw stance, but I, I, I watch a little bit of everybody. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. You know, one of my favorite Southpaws was Purnell, obviously, Pacquiao, yeah. guys like Winky, and uh, like I think Zab is just super underrated. So it's just like it's, yeah, it's Zab, great. So he underrated for sure. Yeah, it's always great to see, you know, Southpaws out there. I mean, obviously, Tank is out there right now. So you, you're in this stack lightweight division. Obviously, Haney has all the belts. We've heard Keyshawn Davis call you out. Who do you want next? Man, so look, when I when I get to dropping names and doing all that, you know, they always try to twist it on me, right? Man, I want any of the top guys, really, it's like with me, it's all about giving me an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm at I'm at that point. Like if one of them top guys give me an opportunity, I'm gonna take it. But my yeah. team, they they getting me to a spot where they gotta fight me, you know. Yeah. So if I call a guy out, they don't gotta fight. If I call them top names, they ain't gotta. They ain't gotta fight me. You know, like I'm. I'm one of them ones who like, man. Do we want to fight him? Like, damn, he could do it all. You know, so it's just like one of them things. You know, they positioning me to be able to uh, get those fights and not just be talking about. I'm being in, in the right position to get any of those big fights. You know, so I'm just looking for. It don't matter who it is. You know, if they're in the top five. I'm just looking for one of those big fights. I, I love to see that. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. One of the guys that I really want to see you fight, I want to see you fight Isaac Cruz. Isaac? Yeah. yeah, we we already tried to get that. You know, okay. that 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 may happen once I get a belt. You know, he may accept the fight then, but right now, you know, he like, he turned me down already. So, um, so do, do you feel like, so you're like one of the most, to me, you're one of the most skilled guys in the division. You got pop, you got speed, you got everything. Do you feel like, because you don't have that name to the casuals, guys are ducking you, and you got to get yeah. that belt before. Okay, yeah, for sure, that's what it is. You know, like they want to, like, like Cruz, for instance, right? He don't want to mess his opportunity up. You know, he's so stuck on tank. You know, he don't want to get in there and, and take it. You see who they've been, who they've been giving him. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> he want to make sure he try to, you know, either get a belt, something that's gonna position him better, not you know, make him decline, take a loss to, you know, somebody like me or something, you know, so he trying to, uh, you know, he playing it safe.
Okay. So ultimately, what, what do you want your legacy to be? I mean, you got some guys in the sport who just say, look, I'm, I'm out. I'm after the money. You got some guys who are just after the belts. When we look back on Frank Martin's career 10, 20 years from now, how do you want to be remembered? Both, you know, definitely, definitely fighting to get a bag, you know, to run the bag up for sure. But definitely, man, I want to, uh, you know, have belts in, in multiple divisions, you know, uh, 35. I want to go all the way up from 35 to 54. Okay. You know, so the goal, the goal is to, you know, touch belts in every division, you know, uh, all the way up to 54. Okay. You know, so that that's that's one of the ones that you know I gotta I gotta accomplish it. I respect that so much. I, I like I love when I see guys going up in the weight class because I think that's when you really define a, a boxer's yeah. greatness because you know you have some guys who can de- dominate one weight class, but when you're going up and you got belts and multiple weight class, it just separates everybody. So this is a gambling show, and we bet on sports. So and more than any. Like any other sport, I think boxers know their sport more than anybody else. So this is always a segment that we always do. We got a couple big fights coming up, and I want to get your opinion on it. So obviously we got Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. I know you ride with Earl Spence, so I'm not even going to ask you about that one. But we got anyway versus Stephen Fulton. Who you like and why? Uh, That's a good fight. I feel like that's a good fight. Uh man, I got I got I got Fulton. Okay, you know I didn't I didn't see any bite down. You know he can he can fight inside. You know he don't get tired. Uh, you know he just he just you know he got that finesse to him. Um, and you know he got that dog in him. So I I, I got I got Fulton. I love that you say that because I'm a Philly guy, and every okay, single okay. boxer that I've asked that question, they said Fulton. And I love NUA, but I got to ride with my Philly guy. So on your undercard, you got Donit, um, Donito Donaire versus Alejandro Santiago. This is the co-made event. Who do you like in that one? Uh, I'm going to go with Donaire. Okay. I, I think I like that one as well. We got Canelo Alvarez versus Jamel Charlo. Man, you know Mel. You know you know Mel in the camp, man. I'm going with Mel. Are you going with Mel? Oh yeah, he is yeah. in the cut. Okay, yeah, I, I, I forgot I'm, all about that. But I, I mean, think that's dope. I think I think that you know that you know he going up. He doing something that you know he going up two weight classes, not just one. He finna jump up two, and then you know go fight uh, Canelo. You know, yeah. so you know I feel like he he winning regardless. You know, yeah. uh, just doing that. You know, he going to test himself. He trying to be great. He already undisputed, man. So that that opportunity right there, you know, for him, that's in front of him. That's right there. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's dope to see him doing it. Even 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 when that fight came about, like, I was surprised. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was random. It just came out the blue. Everybody was thinking Jamal was going to fight him. They yeah. like, man. So two undisputed champions getting in there fighting for all them belts, man. That's, that's legendary right there. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. And for me, it's like, I come into this fight feeling like, you know, Mel is a beast. And if Canelo mm-hmm. can't hurt him, like if he can't hurt him, then we could almost like I think Mel could pull it off. I, I'm a little scared because, you know, anytime you see guys jumping up weight classes, it kind of puts them in a, a bad spot. But it's like you look at Floyd Mayweather versus Canelo. He couldn't touch Floyd. And, you know, Floyd ended up winning that fight. So we got one more. This is kind of like a, a, a fictional fight because it hasn't been signed on. But Tank versus Shakur. Uh, man, I feel like, I feel like that'd be a good fight. 
I feel like that'll be a good fight. You know, okay. it's, it's a fight. It's a fight where you know uh, it's two high level fighters. You know, each both fighters gonna get hit. You know, it ain't it ain't a level below. It ain't a level above. It's like two fighters who like on the on the even playing field. You know, so it's you gonna see you gonna see you know Tank get hit. You gonna see Shakur get hit. So it's gonna be. I feel like that'd be a good fight. No doubt, no doubt. So I just want to thank you for coming out. Like for those who don't so, know, Fr- Frank Martin is the real deal. I watched every fight with Rivera, and I gotta you know give you all the props in the world because you know a lot of people they kind of picked against you. You know, like Rivera had he has that strong jab and he had a reach advantage, and you completely neutralize him. So I think that's a sign of great things to come from you. Um, July fifteenth, you're taking on Artem. Horatunia Yana, and I think you're gonna get you're gonna get the win. So we're all rooting for you. We all know that you're the next guy in the lightweight division. So thanks for coming out. It's the Ringer Gambling Show. Raheem Palmer, aka the Rostradamus. Y'all know how it's going down. Right on, man. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, boys, before we say goodbye, it's basically the warm-up to the British Open. Next week, the final major of the year, but you have the Scottish Open this week in golf. And house that means a lot of brand names are playing because they want to get that field down. They want to get the vibe down for the British next week. So they're firing on all the cylinders. What stands out in this warm-up to the British Open? Yeah, JJ, it's a great time on the golf calendar. We're we're officially in coffee golf time. You can wake up in the morning, put on the golf channel, and you get to see across the continent, you know, these the, the, the guys out on the links, they'll be bundled up a little bit. It was warm, but now the weather might be a little bit on the chillier side. We're playing at the Renai Renaissance Club. It's 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 spelled Renaissance. They call it the Renaissance. Don't ask me. But yeah, we're now officially looking at guys that are good at links. So if you look at the past 10 years, like I have, of successful links golfers, Jordan Spieth at the top of that list. Victor Hovland's on that list. He's played far less rounds. Tommy Fleetwood, very interesting this week going into the Scottish Open. You mentioned Ricky. This he's well inside the top 15. I have a little parlay that I put together for our good pals at FanDuel, JJ. Tommy Fleetwood, top 10. Ricky Fowler, top 20. And the OG, Adam Scott, to top 40. We're not asking for a lot. All three of those names are very high in the line, the list and ranking of top 15 players the top the past 10 years on links and link style courses. That parlay pays out awfully close to 11 to 1. Why not create a little bit of bang for your buck as we go into the 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 last major of of, of the year? Build up the bankroll, fellas. I like the sound of that. I am absolutely tailing you on that. I'm going to get Raheem to do the exact same thing. Want to throw one name at you quickly, House. What do you think about Shane Lowry this week? A little under 30 to one. 
Love him. Absolutely adore him. He's one of these guys. So this this event this year is a co-sanctioned event, which means you can earn FedEx Cup points. He's kind of on the outside looking in in terms of next year's planning, top 50, top 70. Those are important um, barriers to access to the big money tournaments for next year. Shane Lowry, also, you see his name all over the place in high rankings on, on Lynx courses and good performances uh, in, in the Scottish Open. Love Shane Lowry this week, JJ. Let's cash a house three-legger. Let's cash Shane Lowry, top five, top ten. That's going to be my pick to go win the Scottish Open. And when we come back next week, we'll get you ready for the British, and it will be the countdown to football season 2023. Like, end of July, you can smell it. You can feel it. It is coming, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So we'll be in the lab. We'll have you ready for September. For House, for Raheem, JJ signing off. Good job by the Wargon Warrior. We're back same time, same place on FanDuel TV and on the Ring of Gambling show. See you guys. Must be 21 and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT-IN-INDIANA, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelpLineMA or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.